The following is a podcast from St. George's Episcopal Church in Arlington, Virginia. We invite you to support the ministries of St. George's Church through a one-time or reoccurring donation. To give, visit our webpage, www.stgeorgeschurch.org. The word saint is spelled in full. St. George's is a vibrant and inclusive community that is committed to loving God, serving others, and changing the world. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will speak not on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Generous God, be with us now. Let the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts would be pleasing to you, our creator, our redeemer, and our inspirer. Amen. On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand, beside the gates in the front of the town, at the entrance to the portals, she cries out, to you, O people, I call, and my call is to all who live. Wisdom, that feminine aspect of God, inspires us in the imperfection in which we find ourselves speaking to us beside the gates in front of the town in the metaphorical times of going forth and returning, of being on our way to somewhere else, even and especially when we're involved in those kinds of daily life endeavors that we might imagine to be more practical than simply the pursuit of knowledge for its own sake in the ivory tower. For example, consider the exercise of completing El Camino de Santiago. One might anticipate the awe of the cathedral at the end of the journey, but I wonder if God's compassion, God's wisdom, might actually show up powerfully in 
making peace with the memories, meditations, and reflections that show up along the way. Wisdom is present in the spirit of truth that Christ promised the disciples in our gospel. A spirit that shows up in our lives in unexpected ways, usually when we are in the midst of doing something else, whether that something else involves helping others directly or indirectly, whether the Spirit's inspiration makes perfect logical sense to us in the moment or not. For several summers in high school, I had the opportunity to work as a nursing assistant at a hospital where my father also worked. It was a privilege to wheel patients around the hospital as well as to clean and prepare the rooms. I remember one time I accidentally provided the opposite of comfort. One morning when I arrived to wheel a patient in for her procedure, she mistook me for a young doctor fresh out of medical school with way too much eagerness and way too little experience to be the kind of medical professional that she would have liked to see introducing herself introducing himself that morning. Thankfully, we cleared up the confusion without too much delay, but most of the time, working at the hospital gave me the chance to be a part of supporting others in ways that were both direct and indirect. It was an added bonus that the shift schedules gave me a chance to commute into downtown with my father around 5.30 or 6 a.m. on those summer mornings. I would usually take the metro rail back home in the afternoons, but as a high schooler, I cherished that time driving toward the rising sun with my dad. Perhaps it was an opportunity to get a glimpse of what his regular routine was like. So much of his work life has been, had been shrouded in mystery before that time. Perhaps it was the opportunity to participate in the routine of working life in a way that I had not had a chance to do previously. Regardless, I still remember the time with a particular gratitude. I still remember my father merging onto a largely empty highway one morning, offering the commentary that, John, remember, there isn't any traffic on the extra mile. Later on, as I became more aware of the passage of time, the preciousness of life, my father would remind me to take comfort and peace in the reality that a moment is an eternity. A moment is an eternity. There's abundance and peace in the present. As I've gained a better sense of my identity in adulthood, I've grown to appreciate other aspects of my family's larger story, including that of my father. The challenges faced, the difficulties managed, the disappointments and betrayals endured. A reading from Romans talks about endurance. My father was a middle son, a young man who worked hard to get into the best possible medical school and residency he could, a passionate competitor with his two brothers. He competed with his colleagues as well to try to improve his success rates in the operating room, the speed with which his patients might recover. He was a man who taught me how to clean a bathroom. With my mother, he taught me to appreciate time spent outdoors. 
It wasn't until college that I understood the ideas of projection and transference. It wasn't until later that I realized I might have some baggage worth unpacking from my family of origin. Maybe the biggest gift of God's presence in our lives as our heavenly parent, as our heavenly father, is that we can draw on the strength of that relationship in order to bring our family relationships here on earth into more humanizing perspective. A relationship with the Heavenly Father is what helped me to start to engage falteringly and compassionately with the brokenness of my own inner archetypical father figure. My pride, my misplaced ambition, my bitterness and brokenness. Church is a larger, broader family for offering thanks and praise and prayer and relationship in a space where others are also offering thanks and praise and prayer in relationship. Thankfully, the church is bigger than just a community of spiritual practice. But that isn't a bad place to start. Today, in a little while, we'll have the privilege of enacting the full covenant of relationship with God and Christian tradition the covenant of baptism. I still remember Bishop Gene Robinson, the first openly gay bishop in the Episcopal Church, reminding me that every Christian is in full relationship with God by virtue of the covenant of baptism, full stop. Baptism brings us into full relationship with God and nothing more is needed for leadership in God's church. Each of us witnessing this, these baptisms are being going to be asked, we're going to be asked, I'm going to ask you, to support these persons in their new life in Christ. And in the process, we're all invited to renew our own baptismal covenant. Other sacramental rites can help. A confirmation or ordination or reconciliation might help us understand the particularity of our callings in relationship to God and one another. But the mystery of death and new life in baptism means that we have everything we need to participate fully in the mysterious and abundant life of the church. Broken and whole, dying and yet risen, failed and yet overcoming. The waters of baptism are like the waters of the Red Sea and the waters of the Jordan. They are bringing death to our old ways of life. But it is a death that opens space for the risen Christ within us, within all of us grace that is revealed and known in the breaking of the bread. Every week that we gather, Lady Wisdom is here among us, taking her stand at the entrance, perhaps even at the entrance to this church. This summer, I hope you are blessed with your own moments of recognition along the way to appreciate the words of wisdom that you have received, even and especially when those words of wisdom are spoken in the midst of action by people who are both imperfect and inspired. I hope you have a chance to join in giving thanks this weekend for earthly fathers, for father figures, for grandfathers, whether chosen or biological, in all their imperfection and inspiration. It's only in our humanity, in our deep need for God, that we can begin to grasp God's graciousness in bridging the gap between heaven and earth, between death and life, 
between imperfection and inspiration, that we might live God's abundant life, God's abundant shalom in the here and now. On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in the front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries out. To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. Amen.